This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I know you're going to be so interested in this. We're talking about iridology. If you haven't heard of iridology, it's a branch of alternative medicine that examines the eye, looking at patterns and and colors in the iris, hence iridology, to find information about the state of our health. So I had never heard of iridology until today's guest, Rachel Vineyard, told me about it. And that was a couple of years ago now. And I originally met Rachel as a client. She had gone through No BS Biz School and then went through BRCC, the Brain Rewiring Certification Course. And I had her give me an iridology reading. And it was it was incredible. It was so thorough. And at that time, I had gotten a lot of labs done. And, you know, I've talked about this before with other guests I've had on the show and in, just in my own personal experience. But most labs just don't pick everything up. And as somebody who struggled with my health for a really long time, and I've gotten so many different types of labs and tests and worked with so many different types of practitioners, I'm I'm open to everything. And I am always looking for what can be even more accurate. And I I was just blown away by this iridology reading that Rachel gave me. And I thought, wow, why would I ever get another lab again? And it overlapped exactly with what had just come through in my in my results, but it went a lot deeper and was far more specific. And yeah, I can't even tell you how blown away I was by this. And if you go to Rachel's Instagram, her Instagram is at Rachel Vineyard Wellness. I mean, she has a ton of incredible info, but you can look at her different videos that are iridology lessons. And she kind of shows you different things that you can see with your eye. And you can watch some of those videos and go look in the mirror and see if you can see any of those patterns in your eye just to kind of get get the gist. And we talk about that in, in today's episode as well, just some basic things that you could look at in the mirror, looking at your iris and seeing indicators of where your adrenals might need some support or parasites, candida, uh, needing some detox support. I learned a lot in this episode, especially what what she shares about green eyes. <laughs> uh, this has really changed my life. So I know you guys are going to love it. We talk about iridology, but we also talk about detox and what that really means. We talk about parasites as well and really get into the nitty gritty of parasites. And, you know, most people have parasites and Rachel focuses a lot on parasites in her practice. So we really got into it in this episode and just a little bit about, you know, her story. She was diagnosed with Lyme, Hashimoto's, mold illness, heavy metals, toxicity, every gut issue possible. She went to all the different types of practitioners, tried Western, Eastern, FMDs, naturopaths, like everything. She's a very similar health history to me actually. And even through all of that, the root cause was never really fixed. So she went to school to become a traditional naturopath. And the more she learned about the body, the more she realized why everything she had done before wasn't working. So she made the adjustments and finally healed her body. And now she uses a combination of many different tools to support clients who are struggling with holding onto toxicity in, in their bodies, still dealing with those lingering symptoms. And she uses a combination of everything she's been trained in, traditional naturopathy, brain rewiring, energy healing, really looking at the body on the physical level and the energetic level. And I know a lot of people have questions about parasites. And I mean, I'm actually surprised I haven't really done an episode on this 
before. So I was really excited to get into it with Rachel. If you don't like talking about parasites or poop, this might not be the episode for you, but I'm just going to tell you it's, it's a really great episode. You're going to learn a lot. So again, if you want to connect further with Rachel, you can head to her Instagram at Rachel Vineyard Wellness and find her there. Some reminders on my end, don't forget I am hosting my business energetics masterclass on April 11th and 12th. You can head to the link in the show notes to sign up for that. It's going to be super jam-packed with everything you need to know about mastering energetics in your business. Once you understand how energy flows in relation to your business within your business, this can be applied to any model. And this is a thing. That is the difference between succeeding with the strategy and not. You can have the strategy, you can have the mindset. It's really the energy that makes the world of a difference. So if you're looking to build your business in an aligned way and really co-create with the business and not feel like you're in resistance the whole way through, you will want to be in this masterclass. You will get the replays if you sign up. So again, the link for that will be in the show notes, all things business energetics. I know a lot of people are feeling like, What used to work for them is not working anymore. There's a reason for that. And a lot of people are sick of working so hard (laughs) and you can work less, be in alignment, enjoy your life and actually make more money. It's all about the energy. So that's coming up soon again on April 11th and the 12th. And also a reminder that No BS Biz School is closing up at the end of April. So this is the last month to enroll in No BS Biz School. I'm putting the information in the vault. This course as it is now is going in the vault at the end of April. This is my signature business coaching program for any service provider that has an online business. If you are a health coach, a nutritionist, a trainer, an energy healer, anywhere in that realm, and you are looking to build a six-figure, multiple six-figure business without putting yourself back into HPA access dysregulation, this is for you. It is a combination of tangible business strategy and all things business energetics. If you are enrolled in biz school, you will get the Business Energetics Masterclass already rolled into that, so you don't need to purchase both. In Biz School, we cover everything from setting up your offers, how to scale a one-on-one, moving into different models, whether they are group coaching or online programs, how to create magnetic content, sales calls, brain rewiring for abundance. We talk about balancing masculine and feminine energy in business, business manifestation techniques. This will help you grow your business really quickly without burning yourself out. I've had so many clients go through this program making $0, whether it was them trying their own way for years and still not making money, not getting clients or fresh, fresh out of their school or certification program, like go from that place of $0 to 40, 50K in three months. I've seen that happen. Building a business doesn't happen overnight, but if you get on the track of, of learning how in an aligned way sooner rather than later, like in a year, you could make six figures. That is very possible. And so many healers and coaches and trainers don't think that's possible or don't know how to do it. You can actually work way less and, and make more money. It's about clear strategy and mastering your energetics. You, you can head to bit.ly slash school to learn more about everything that's included, as well as check out a ton of testimonials from previous clients to learn more about their experience. And I mean, you could even ask Rachel, today's guest, and I would recommend signing up sooner rather than later if you do want to step into this container. I mean, again, you have to before the end of the month if you if you want to get this course as it is, but also so that you can start diving into the content and come to the virtual live immersion on April 21st and the 22nd. It's going to be two full days 
of time with the whole community, with me, where you can get to know people and ask me whatever questions you want. So we're really going to get into all of the Q&A. It's going to be so much fun. And if you can't make it live or if you can only join for one portion, that's totally fine. You can send in questions ahead of time, but you'll definitely want to take advantage of that time, those two full days. That will be that will be virtual, but it will be two full days live asking your questions. And again, that's April 21st and 22nd. And you're going to want to dive into the course content before showing up to that so that you can come with as many questions as possible. So again, head to bit.ly slash nobiusbizschool to learn more and to step into that program if it calls to you. Those are my big updates for this month. Again, links will be in the show notes. And now it's time to jump into today's interview. So enjoy this conversation with the incredible Rachel Vineyard. If you are dealing with headaches, tiredness, dizziness, hunger pains during the day, cramps, carb cravings, I would make sure that your electrolytes are balanced. My life has changed since paying attention to this because, I mean, I'm on a whole foods-based diet, I'm active, I exercise, and I do a lot of energy work, a lot of frequency work. It's a really common ascension symptom or a symptom of shifting your vibration. You have some headaches or head symptoms, you might just notice things feel off. And all of this is related to balancing your electrolytes. If you're active or on a whole foods-based diet, if you do a lot of frequency work, energy work, if you're on a journey of raising your vibration, make sure your electrolytes are balanced. It took me a long time to realize that a lot of my hunger cravings, cramps, and headaches were connected to this. And this is why I drink so much Element. I'm obsessed with it. It tastes so delicious. And these are the cleanest electrolytes I've ever found. The co-founder is Rob Wolf. So can't be surprised. Rob Wolf is somebody who first got me into whole foods-based eating. I've been a huge fan of his for years. And I know how picky he is about formulation and also performance. Most electrolytes have a lot of sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, which that's all unhealthy and unheated. Element is all sugar-free, gluten-free, all natural ingredients, paleo, keto, science-backed. There is a reason why so many U.S. Olympics teams and NFL teams and NBA players all turn to Element and yours truly, Christina the Channel. <laughs> but seriously, I, I put the chocolate, the chocolate salt element in my coffee every morning. It tastes so good. First thing in the morning, I like to get a lot of electrolytes in and I drink a ton of water. I drink so much water and it's like I don't absorb it. I was talking to one of my friends about this. It's like I don't absorb it. Just like, I don't know, I get puffy. I don't absorb it unless I'm drinking the element. So I'm basically drinking element all day long. And my favorite flavors are the citrus salt, the raspberry and the watermelon. They're so good. So if you want to try out an Element sample pack for just the cost of shipping, you can go to drinkelement.com slash CTC and you'll get eight packets of Element, two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored to try out. So again, that's drinkelement.com slash CTC, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash CTC. You just pay the cost of shipping, about $5 for US orders, and you'll get eight packets of Element to try out. Be sure to tag me on Instagram so I can see which flavor is your favorite. So I like to start every episode with four questions you may or may not be familiar (laughs) with. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So first is how do you like to start your day? Do you have a morning routine? What are your morning rituals? I do. So I love the sunrise. It's my time to connect. So obviously I have my dog Pepper. So we get up around 6, 630, get outside, put my bare feet on the earth, watch the sunrise. 
And then I come in and make some lemon water, do some journaling, reading, meditating, and off I go. There you go. Simple, perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to start the day with the, the sunrise though. I do. I do. The sunrise is like my thing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Next is what's a product you're really loving right now? It could be food product. It could be a supplement. It could be skincare. It could be a book. It could be a crystal. What's a physical mm. thing you're really enjoying? So you got me hooked on ClearStem. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was a beauty counter person for a long time and just never like let myself get into clear stem. And then I got it and now I'm obsessed with it. And I use like both of their serums. I use their mineral scrub and their moisturizer. So I know that's four, but mm-hmm. that's what I'm that's loving right now. Amazing. Amazing. And everybody can use the code Christina15. <laughs> if you want a discount. Yeah, I love clear stem so much. So, okay. Love that. Next is any astrology, human design information. Mm, I'm a generator through and through. Um, and I'm an Aries. So I know you're an Aries too. So yes, it's our time. It's our time to shine. Um, yeah, like I'm getting more and more into human design because I think it's really beneficial. But when it comes to the lingo, I'm still learning. So I know you're I'm a 6'3". Six three. Six three. And I'm an emotional authority, which has been a huge um, game changer for me. I grew up in an environment where emotions weren't something that was safe to feel, like they were misleading. And so tuning into the truth of my emotions are magical like that has been a game changer yeah total game changer and I think that for people with emotional authority like it's just such powerful permission to like just let your decision making process be a little bit different and I Mm -hmm. feel like we like live in this culture where people feel pressured to make a make an instantaneous decision but like if you're an emotional authority you're just built differently and just honoring that and that's why I, I love whenever people uh, whenever our clients with emotional authorities and just like explaining that to them, because it just feels like this weight lifted off their shoulders of like, Oh, it's okay. If I say, oh, I'll get back to you on Friday. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. I just love exploring that with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next is what is a topic you're really into right now? That isn't like exactly what your niche or focus is like something you're thinking about a lot or enjoying learning about, or it could be like a, you know, kind of a tangent off of your main work? Ooh, I love that question. Um, so I do scuba diving. That's a random fact about me. Yeah, <laughs> I love the ocean and I'm currently working up um, to be a dive master. So I've been doing a lot of studying on that, um, but I also am getting more into free diving. So those are two things I've been reading what's, a lot on. What's free diving? So that is basically where you're holding your breath for like two to the six minutes at a time. Um, oh my God. So you're, you're diving like without your like oxygen tank, if you will. Um, so yeah. how do you, how do you practice? <laughs> do you just like practice holding your breath or? Yeah. So it's all about your heart rate. So when you lower your heart rate, you'll like use less oxygen. And so like, yeah, you don't have to breathe, but it also comes into like apnea training and different things or different breath holds, different breath work you can do to train your body. So it's like its whole own beast. So what's the, is the appeal of that? Just like the, uh, the accomplishment of, I went down there because to me, it's like, 
I think of scuba diving, like you want to explore and you can't really do that much exploring for two to six minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great, great insight. I think for me, and this is where I get a little bit like, I don't know, weird, if you will. Like, I really feel like the ocean is my soul's home and mm-hmm. being able to be in it without the confines of, you know, a lot of gear and the bulk of a lot of gear, you're just a lot more connected and free, if you will. Um, so that's what draws me in. Obviously when I have my gear on, I can be down there for 30 minutes, totally different, but yeah, yeah there's a freedom that comes to free diving. Very, very Lemurian of you. I yeah. would say. <laughs> very <laughs> Lemurian. Yeah. Very, very Lemurian of you. <laughs> I love that. So cool. Well, we have a lot to talk about, uh, and I want to go many different directions, but let's start with the iridology piece. Um, you know, you talk a lot about iridology and, and parasites and, and I want to dive into all of that. And I got an iridology reading from you. Like, I mean, how long was that? Like three years ago, two or three years ago now. Two years ago. Yeah. So why I feel like when we met was a decade ago, like I, <laughs> it feels like it was so long ago. Yeah. So much has happened. So much has changed. Um, but yeah, so I got an iridology reading from you and I was just like blown away. And I remember saying this to you, I'm like, why did more people not learn this or, or use it? And so can you just explain to people like what iridology, what iridology is and uh, what you can learn from it? Yeah, I'd love to. So iridology is the practice of reading your iris. And for those of you who don't know, the iris is the colored part of your eye. Um, And you can tell so much about a person physically as well as emotionally and energetically, which is what I love to tie in with my clients. Um, You know, it isn't widely practiced or even widely known about, which is unfortunate. And I've only you know, come across a couple of naturopathic schools that actually teach it. And normally it's an additional certification, which is what I've, um, I've gone through. So by being able to read the iris based off of the nerve endings that connect the rest of your body and then end up in your iris, we can determine what's going on in individual organs, individual systems, you know, um, the tissues as a whole. So it's, it's a really effective way to read what's happening without having to do needles or poop scoops. So I normally say it's like functional labs without needles and poop scoops, because, you know, we can see so much from genetic predispositions to, you know, the current function of your detoxification system. Do you have leaky gut? Do you have parasites? You know, is heavy metals present in your brain? We can see your emotional tendencies, your energetic patterns. There, there's so much to uncover. Um, and that's why it's become a staple in my practice. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, I'm so into it because I feel, I mean, from personal experience as a client and also just when I worked as a nutritionist, like, I mean, labs are so limited and mm-hmm. you, you know, you could get, you could have a lab done like every three months for 10 years and still not pick up on parasites. Like people don't realize how limited it is. And I'm really, right. I'm really loving all these different modalities that are like kind of coming into my ecosystem or like, how do we bypass that? So like with frequency testing, I mean, I like, mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with uh, my friend earlier and look, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to do this, but me, I'm like, my spirit guides have always been more accurate than any labs I've gone. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that that says something. Um, and with, when you did my reading, it was just so accurate. Like I, I was, I was shocked. And 
I'm just curious and you might not know, but it's like, why do you feel like it's not widely talked about or taught? Like it's so accurate. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I think when, so the history of naturopathy is kind of complicated. It was really well known. And then legalities got into it. The medical schools weren't making enough money, let's just say. And then, you know, it got pushed down into like the woo woo side and it wasn't seen as validated. Um, So when it, had its rebirth, it dropped a lot of these practices that have been used for millennia. Um, and iridology, I, I believe, is one of them. You know, muscle testing is still used, um, you know, tongue reading, face mapping. Mm-hmm. But the eye, I guess, is just a little out there for some people, even though, like you said, it's it's so accurate. Yeah. Um, you brought up the labs a minute ago. I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with who have said, yeah, I had a stool test. My parasite test came back negative. So, you know, we never treated parasites. That's literally BS. Mm-hmm. For one, parasites don't come out on your poop, right? They're using your body as a fuel source. So of course they're not going to come out. Um, so, you know, being able to see exactly what's going on is so helpful. So I really don't know why, you know, more and more practitioners aren't picking it up. Yeah. Well, it's like, I was shocked at, I mean, you had like multiple pages you sent me about just from, from my eye, right? And I'm like, wow, this is so valuable. And I like will go on your Instagram and like you'll show certain things and like run to the mirror. I'm like, look at my, <laughs> my eye. You know, it's actually really fun. Yeah. I I am curious, like, are there any patterns that people in the audience could like look at right now that you might see like really common they're very obvious like mm-hmm. you have a different eye for it now because you like know the complexities but are there any like I would love to give people something tangible like if they looked in the mirror and like noticed a, a big pattern like is there anything you point out for people to to look for yeah so one big one is called a scurfrim and almost everybody in our modern world uh has it, unfortunately, due to the toxic world we live in. But if you look in the mirror and you look around your eye um, and on the outside of your iris, so that colored part, if there is a darker ring around that outside, that's showing that there's a buildup of toxins in your skin and lymphatic zones. Mm. doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything wrong. If you're using all clean products or using your clear stem, you know, you're not using anything toxic but it does mean that the toxins you have put in your body in the past, they're still stuck in there. Um, So that's why deep cellular detoxification is so important. Another thing we can talk about is the tendencies for eye color. So when, with iridology, there are some things that are tendency based and there are some things that are, you know, can actually change in your eyes. So that's, what's determining exactly what's going on. But with the tendency based things, normally that's about, Um, your structure, that's about your eye color, because those aren't going to change for the most part. Um, But with the eye colors, you know, even though it may not be an exact prognosis, it is really accurate. For instance, with blue eyes, we know that they are genetically more prone to digestive issues. Um, And because of that, you know, they are going to be big mucus producers. So that could be in the intestines, but it can also be in the sinuses. Um, They're a little bit more reactive to inflammatory foods. Their gut lining is a bit more sensitive, which can then lead to autoimmune, et cetera. 
When it comes to brown eyes, we know that they're more prone to glandular system disorders. So think about thyroid, pituitary, pancreas. You know, those are going to be weaker, if you will, which can allow hypothyroidism or, you know, a calcified pituitary, if you will. You know, let's get into the woo. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a tendency for brown eyes. And then in green eyes, which a little caveat, there's actually no such thing as a green eye. Um, I have green eyes, so that's kind of weird to say, but it's actually due to pigmentation. Um, and it, everybody has either a blue or brown, but with different pigments. However, when it comes to green eyes, their detoxification systems are normally a lot slower and it's because of poor enzyme production, which detoxification is run on enzymes. So, you know, those are some things that you could point out for yourself, look in the mirror and see, you know, what, what are your tendencies? Okay. I have, I have multiple questions. Um, so I was going to ask you about eye color because I know for me, I mean, that makes sense what you're saying, because like my eyes were blue when I was younger and then they like became green mm. as I got older. So what, what causes that? Mm. So a lot of times the blue is the pure way of thinking of it. And um, normally what creates that green hue is there's a buildup of either toxins or sulfur. Um, it could be, you know, a number of things in the digestive tract. And when that overlay is, uh, put on that blue pigmentation, it creates this green color. Now I will say it doesn't necessarily mean you're not doing something correctly. Cause like I said, I have green eyes as well you and I are both super cautious and aware of our health. So it's more about, you know, the change and the ad adaptations that happen as we navigate through this toxic world. Um, we can do our best, but at the end of the day, we're still going to be exposed to things. So that's what creates that green looking color. So essentially, like if we didn't have any toxins in our environment or food system, we would only have blue and, and brown eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wild. That's right? so wild to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and green eyes were once incredibly rare. And even now, like people will talk about how rare green eyes are, but they're becoming more and more common. Like most yeah. people I know have green eyes now. So it's not actually a genetic thing. It's about a toxicity thing. So, and that's like, haze, that's like hazel, like, like mm -hmm. the green and the, and the brown. Wow. Well, now I feel like I'm on blast. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is I, I've always kind of thought that my eyes were going to turn mm -hmm. a different color. Uh, and so like, it, it makes sense, you know, yeah. and I have had many experiences of like waking up and my eyes are completely different. And mm -hmm. so like learning about this, like iridology piece, it, it makes it makes sense to me, right? Or when mm -hmm. people change their diet and their eyes are just like brighter, clearer, yes. like it, it can, it seems like it can, the eye can shift like really fast. Absolutely. And that's what I have clients do. Like, um, for instance, the scurfram or their thing called pigments. A lot of people think of pigments as like eye freckles, but those are actually built up of toxins that are preventing that specific organ from functioning well. Um, but those can go away. So as we do deep cellular detoxification, heal gut, et cetera, you know, you're going to notice changes in your eye. So watch for that. So are there any things that you could point out related to adrenals and then parasites? Yeah. So there are something called concentric rings, also nervous, known as nerve rings. And if you look at the eye and there are like white 
circular lines around the circumference of your eye, when those are apparent, that's showing adrenal adrenal fatigue. And you can kind of think of it as your adrenals are being burnt out. Your body's pretty acidic, most likely. Um, that's really affecting the function of your adrenals. Um, you know, you probably have excess cortisol, etc. So when it comes to, you know, your adrenal imbalances, look for those. Those can also go away. So if they're beginning to fade, that's a good sign. Um, but if they're beginning to appear, definitely give your adrenals some love. Okay. And then what about parasites? So parasites are a fun one. So if you look at your pupil and if you see dark grooves coming out of your pupil and into the rest of your eye, almost like um, like spokes on a wagon wheel, they can be really tall or really tiny, or they can be pretty big. And, you know, either one that's going to show that parasites are present. Mm, okay. Everybody's going to go run <laughs> to the mirror. What's, what's going on with my eye? Have you seen that your like, have your eyes changed color? They have, they used to be a lot darker green, more of an emerald green. Um, and now they are becoming bluer. I really focus on detoxification. So, you know, that's really helpful. Um, and I will say I used to have something called a lymphatic rosary, which and there won't be a quiz at the end, so you all won't have to remember this, but lymphatic rosaries are when you have like little white dots kind of going around the circumference of your eye. And those are showing lymphatic stagnation. I mean, I used to deal with a lot of toxicity issues and those are actually gone. So it's been cool to watch my eye change. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. I mean, I feel like my eyes change color all the time and people will tell me like they always look different. Mm -hmm. Uh, and for me, every time I've changed my diet, I mean, you know, I've like done all these different <laughs> diets, uh, they, they very noticeably change, but like, I didn't really have this information. So I couldn't, I guess I should have been writing down how exactly they changed, you know? Yeah, um, but I will, cool. yeah, I, I will say like, I mean, it very much overlaps with, I feel like my eyes are clearer and brighter. Um, the more I've eaten in the way that really is best for my body. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, but I, it was a very noticeable difference for me. Um, when I started adding variety of plant foods into my diet. Um, yes. I think was it was a big one for me personally. If you're like me and you're obsessed with chocolate, you need to get your hands on Organifi Harmony. This product, oh my God, it is so good. It's actually unbelievable because I feel like most things like this, you have to drown in nut milk and other sweeteners to make it taste okay. With Harmony, you literally just put a scoop into hot water and it is the most delicious hot chocolate hormone balancing beverage of all. And the thing is that this was designed specifically to support hormonal balance with ingredients like maca, which I try to get in every single day anyway. So it's super convenient that it's already in Harmony. Maca is a really high antioxidant superfood that naturally supports hormonal balance while also helping to increase energy and alertness. There is cacao, of course, filled with all of those amazing polyphenols. There is chasteberry, a traditional herbal remedy for PMS and cramps. Shatavari, which has adaptogenic properties known to support overall health and has been used historically for female hormone balance and stinging nettle, amazing for replenishing nutrient stores. Stinging nettle is rich in vitamins and minerals like vitamin A, vitamin C, and iron. It's a completely organic cacao blend 
zero sugar, filled with energizing herbs and adaptogens for healthy hormones. And it tastes so delicious. I like to have this either late morning or early afternoon because it does give you that natural boost of energy. And like I said, you just put it in hot water and you're good to go. It tastes truly incredible. If you're a chocoholic like me, you have to get your hands on it. Plus it gives you all of the hormone balancing benefits. And with my stress levels last few months, my estrogen and progesterone got out of balance. And so I was really focusing on getting my hormones back into balance, my cortisol down, my estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all back into balance again. And I was strict with my harmony regimen. And I noticed a huge difference because I had started to get PMS symptoms, which is not normal. I always know if I'm cramping, if I'm PMSing, my hormones are out of balance in some way. So I got serious about my natural hormone support. Harmony is my go-to every single day. And there is a noticeable difference. Bonus points that it tastes incredible and I would drink it anyway. So if you want to try out Harmony or any of Organifi's other incredible products, because we all know I live, breathe, drink, bleed, Organifi. It is so good. Just go to Organifi.com slash CTC and you can get 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC. And that code CTC will get you 20% off your order. I want to talk about, I want to talk about detox because this is like a hot topic, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody's talking about detox and like, how, like, how do you really support detox in the body? Like, like if you know, I'm, I've got a lot of toxins I need to clear out and support that. Like what, what actually helps versus what are people doing? That's like actually not that useful. Yeah. So when it comes to detoxification, a lot of people do it wrong and a lot of people get sicker. And that just really breaks my heart because it's not even misinformation on Google. It's actually a lot of practitioners and people in the holistic space that are, you know, helping people through detox, but it's just shaking up a snow globe and allowing all those toxins to recirculate in the body. Um, So for me, you know, I have a very... uh, laid out four-step method that is you know specifically tailored to prevent that from happening. So detox first begins in the gut. And we have to ensure that the gut lining is sealed. Because if not, if you start doing these detoxification practices and you're dumping toxins from the liver into the gut for excretion and your gut is leaky or you have these holes in it, it's going to be easily easily reabsorbed and circulated throughout the body making you feel like crap. So I am super um, um, specific about healing the gut first in order to detoxify. But here's the, here's the key. We cannot heal the gut lining if parasites and candida are present because parasites and candida actively go in and out of the, blood, of the gut into the bloodstream via the, the intestinal wall. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to cause damage. But so many practitioners do leaky gut protocols without without focusing on the parasites. So it's like totally asinine and not even effective. But the upstream from parasites, and this is where it gets a little tricky, is heavy metals. So parasites are really intelligent and they will use heavy metals as armor, which is incredible. They'll literally grab onto these, um, these molecules and surround themselves with it in order to protect themselves from your immune system and even different protocols. 
So let's say you did do a parasite protocol with your FNTP or whoever, and they didn't focus on heavy metals, you're going to have an overpopulation again because you didn't wipe out the whole, you know, the whole population of parasites. So obviously this is getting into the realm of detox, right? We have to ensure that we're removing these heavy metals from your brain, from your fat tissues. Um, and in order to do that, that is where the uh, liver drainage pathways come into play. So for me, you know, it's a matter of working on all four steps at the same time. Um, because if not, if we don't focus on the gut, we can't focus on detox, but we can't detox unless the gut is healing. And so for my clients, I really support their liver drainage pathways um, in order to be sure that, you know, the detoxification process is going to be safe and effective. Yeah. You know, it's funny because this is something that I had talked about with a lot of my NTP friends where uh, it was like everybody was in the same boat and like through personal experience, we figured out like we were taught to start with the gut and we wasted a lot of time And we should have started with drainage pathways. And it was Mm -hmm. like, that was the missing piece. And there was, I remember like, you know, there's kind of this moment where everybody like realized, realized this, like figure this out. Why, why were we not taught that to begin with? And even like really how to do that, you know? Um, So what did it, and and I just want to point that out because like, if you've been struggling with chronic gut issues again and again and again, like I can't tell you how many people I talk to who they're just like, yeah, I'm do I have SIBO again. And I'm like, how many times are you going to do this SIBO protocol that your FMD is putting you like, like, are you not getting it? Like it's, it's a symptom, you know? Um, it's just the gut stuff again and again and again. And I get it. Like I was, I went through that and that's why I feel Mm -hmm. so strongly about it. You know, I'm like, why did nobody, when they're trying to help me with candida for like three years, like point this out to me. right? Right. Um, but when it comes to opening up drainage pathways, like what does that really look like? Yeah. So, you know, that is different for different people. I, I think it also de- depends on, you know, how clogged are you in a way? Like yeah. what has your liver gone through? You know, there are some methods that are available for everyone, like, you know, infrared sauna, coffee enemas, castor oil packs are uh, low barrier to entry. Um, but I also think supplements, certain supplements can be supportive of that. Um, I'm not one of those practitioners that throws supplements at people like 50 supplements in one day isn't sustainable for everyone. And I totally recognize that. Um, so the ones I do use like Tudka or, um, there's some different herbal extracts that are incredible for opening up those drainage pathways. You know, those are, are what I primarily, um, resort to because they're so effective and they're gentle. Mm-hmm. So I take great pride in helping people not Herx because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Herx reactions are pretty horrendous. So, you know, I take great caution and um, preventing that reaction and these supplements and these methods tend to tend to do that. Well, do you think that dry brushing does anything? You want my honest answer? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, not for toxins. No, I, I think, you know, it's great for the skin. It's great for, like some cellulite stuff, but when it comes to stimulating the lymph, I don't think so. Okay. What about, um, exercise? I think that's great. Like rebounding, you know, you're, you're doing a lot more movement that way, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're actually circulating blood, you're circulating tissue, you're circulating the lymph. Right. And so, uh, a common analogy I give is 
what type of water do, do mosquitoes lay their eggs? Stagnant water, right? The same is true with our lymph. You know, parasites, bacteria, viruses, you name it, they thrive in a stagnant body. So exercise is going to create that, um, create that flow. So I think, I think exercise is supportive, but not necessarily to the point of opening your liver drainage. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are just doing like too much and yeah. it's stressing them out. And I was just talking to one of my friends who her FMDs are on this like aggressive protocol and she's so stressed. It's making it worse. And I'm like, what are the one or two things that you feel like are actually working for you? And like, what mm-hmm. if you just stuck to those? Cause having this like eight hour lymphatic drainage routine is just not sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's so stressed about it and it's making it worse. And I'm a big believer in like, figure out like what's, what's, the most effective thing for you. And like, let's clear out the clutter. So you actually stick with it and you're not more stressed out. And like, what do you, what do you feel like are the most effective things in general? Like if somebody could, could do any of it, like, let's say they have access to the the sauna and the, the, um, you know, colonics or coffee enemas or any, like whatever, what do you feel like is like, if you're only picking one or two, what do you feel like is most effective? You know, my initial answer is whichever one you'll do. Yeah. But, you know, if that person is willing to do whatever, I think looking back at the research, infrared sauna and coffee enemas are incredible for the liver. Um, you know, I understand that's not necessarily attainable for everyone and coffee enemas freak people out. But at the end of the day, like if you want to get stuff moving out of your liver, those two are going to be really supportive. Can we talk about coffee enemas? Because <laughs> I haven't talked about this on the podcast before and I feel like it needs its moment. I feel like it needs its <laughs> moment. And you're the perfect person <laughs> to talk about this. Let's I'm, do it. I'm super into coffee enemas and like I started getting, uh, you know, colonics when I was first diagnosed with Lyme and I loved colonics. And then like now I, I do coffee enemas, but like, I don't, I, I was afraid of them until I ex- like, did it it's not scary like it's literally it's actually so relaxing and like it is like my I feel like it's my me time like it's like just like it's relaxed (laughs) you're just laying there on your side and there's nothing scary about it you guys like it's 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 fine (laughs) yes I think people are afraid they're gonna make a huge mess and it's like oh it's how it is no it's not like that at all it's not uncomfortable you're not gonna poop all over the floor like let's just be real like Mm -hmm. it's actually like you said, incredibly relaxing. And what I've learned is a lot of times people will get this high afterwards. And that high is actually due to an increase in glutathione. So glutathione is the body's master antioxidant and your body can actually create it. Um, but what's incredible about coffee enemas based off the way palmitic acid interacts with your liver, it increases your glutathione uh, output by 700%. So you're going to feel freaking amazing afterwards. And that's I why that. like, people who do them love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that like, I'm like so clear and bright and energized mm-hmm. and how, how many times, like how often do you think is best for coffee enemas? Mm-hmm. And then like how long in terms of holding the coffee? Yeah. That also depends on, you know, what the person is going through. For instance, you know, coffee enemas are a pretty popular cancer treatment in the alternative space. You know, they're doing them daily. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessary or even helpful for people in the general population. I would say one to two a week is kind of the sweet spot. 
Um, if you're detoxing like super hard, maybe more, but you know, it can be a little bit hard on the colon. So Mm -hmm. we do want to, you know, treat that the colon pretty nicely. Um, and in general, the, the guideline is to hold it for 10 to 15 minutes. And here's the reason why every three minutes, all of the blood in your body is flushed through your liver. So your liver is, uh, basically clearing out your blood every three minutes. So if you're holding that coffee enema for 10 to 15 minutes, you've just cleared out your blood three to five times. And so it's just this really effective way of cleansing the body. So if you can hold it for that long, aim for that. Yeah. And what I'll just say, if anybody's new, uh, like when you first, when I first started, I couldn't hold it for very long. And then like now I could hold it as long as I need to, but it's like, it's, I don't know what people are expecting, honestly, but it's like, it just feels like your intestines are getting filled with liquid and you're just like laying there. Right. And that's it. And then like, you'll know like, okay, I, I can't. And then you just like go sit on the sit toilet. On the toilet right? Yeah. It's, it's nothing like crazy, <laughs> but I'm a big coffee. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I've also learned they're so supportive to do when you're doing parasite protocol, because one, you're literally flushing out your intestines. So if you're killing things off, you've used binders, et cetera, you know, they're they're going to get out. But two, the coffee is also an irritant to the parasites because it has so many different types of um, antioxidants and that palmitic acid specifically is irritating to them. So they're not going to want to be in that environment. So it's another good way to flush out your system. So I have read, some people have said, I've heard some people say like, recommend not, not to do a coffee enema during a parasite cleanse So wait till after. And then Mm -hmm. other people have recommended doing it during what is your approach? I think it comes back down to the the gut lining. So how long have you been healing the gut? If you're just starting out, you're just now removing parasites. You're just now healing the gut lining. Don't do it yet. Um, my go-to is normally like five to six weeks after you've been working on that. Um, but you know, parasites, they're a maintenance thing. So if you are you know, doing a monthly maintenance protocol, I, I've only found it to be supportive, but not right off the bat. So thanks for clarifying that. Okay. So I want to get into parasites because I'm sure most people listening to this are like, you know, get it, (laughs) get it. But in case anybody is unaware, like most people have parasites. (laughs) Uh, Mammals. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about like, signs, symptoms, how often do you recommend doing a parasite cleanse? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get into it. Yeah. So like you said, most everybody has parasites and it's because you're a mammal. So if you go outside, I don't, I actually don't identify as a mammal anymore. I'm I'm a white being. Okay. Okay. (laughs) For those of you or us who aren't on Christina's level, Um, the parasites, they, they probably don't even like our frequencies. So let's be real. They probably don't have them. Um, <laughs> but if you go outside, if you eat fruits and vegetables, if you have a pet, you know, you're going to be exposed to them. The problem is all throughout time, we've lived pretty symbiotically with parasites. But the issue is that our modern world, our bodies are acidic. We have a ton of heavy metals in our system. Um, you know, we don't recognize parasites as a thing unless you are on monsters inside of me. So, you know, they, they get overpopulated really easily. Um, and because of that, that is when 
this population of parasites begins to carry co-infections and host viruses and host other bacteria. You know, some symptoms can be as simple as some bloating or just some poop problems to insomnia. That's a really common one. You know, parasites are most active at night, especially during the full moon. So if you're not sleeping well during the full moon, there's a good chance you have parasites. Um, you know, there's some other ones. Skin is a big one. So if you have skin issues, if you're itchy, if you have acne, that's a big red flag. And one that people don't want to talk about, but if you're like, if your butthole itches, there's a good chance you have parasites. Um, so, you know, the, the symptoms are far reaching, but at the end of the day, if you've never done a parasite protocol, it's going to be helpful to do one. Um, so to answer your question about how often, if it's your first time doing a parasite protocol, for one, you need to work on toxicity too, like I said in the beginning. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a little bit more in depth the first round or the first or second round because you're dealing with a lot bigger of a population. You know, during that time, you should be changing your pH. You should be working on healing your gut, et cetera. Um, but for most people, after they've done that, I recommend either a monthly maintenance. That's what's easiest for me. I just do it during the full moon when they're the most active because uh, I eat lots of fruits and vegetables. I work in a garden. I have a dog. So I'm going to be exposed. Um, so I just do it during the full moon. And it's just my reminder every month to, to do a maintenance. Other people, that's just too much. So every you know four to six months, they'll do a bigger protocol. So whichever like works out best for you. And is more in alignment with your lifestyle. That's what I would recommend. Okay. So is that just like certain supplements when you do, when you're doing maintenance, like that you're just doing around like the week? Yes. Of the yeah. Yeah. So I personally use Cellcore. I yeah. just, I love Cellcore. Um, Same. The specific product that I use for maintenance is the Para 3. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you have to have a practitioner code for any of their products. So if anyone's interested, just let me know. But um yeah, I use the Para 3 for maintenance. But if okay. you're waiting four to six months, I would recommend doing a bigger protocol because yeah. you have a lot more of a population that you have to deal with. Yeah, totally. Well, and what I just want to add also, like some of the, I, I think that people with parasite just, they think that it's just like these dramatic gut symptoms a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that come up for me more are like my, my brain, like brain symptoms and like oh, brain yeah. fog and not thinking clearly and also clenching my my jaw. Like I'll, I'll be clenching a lot yeah. or grinding my teeth. And I actually had like really bad um, issues with my teeth because I was clenching and grinding so much. Um, okay. So if you notice that you clench your, your teeth a lot, that's one that I feel like is less talked about that uh, definitely has come up for me. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that one up because um, it is forgotten a lot. And the reason the brain is so um, affected by parasites, and this is super interesting, a lot of parasites aren't worms. A lot of them are microscopic, even smaller than our own cells. So they do circulate throughout the body. But a large population of parasites ends up in the brain. And I actually see this in iridology readings day in and day out. The most amount of deep grooves will be in the brain region. And here's why. I told you earlier about the connection in between heavy metals and parasites, right? Well, the body is smart. And so it stores toxins in the fat cells and your brain is mostly made up of fat. So a lot of times heavy metals end up getting shunted into the brain. 
So the parasites are going to go where they can be most protected. They have the most resources of heavy metals up there. So they're going to hang out <laughs> where, they're, where they're most protected. So the brain symptoms like brain fog, um, having a hard time recalling information, those are absolutely symptoms as well. Okay. Yeah. With the parasites, a lot of people like, I mean, you show a lot of parasites that people get. And I actually have some questions around this. Like people ask me, they're like, did it not work? And, and like you said, a lot of them are microscopic. So am I correct? And like, just because you're not seeing any, doesn't mean it's not necessarily working. Right. Yeah. But like, this is my, I've never seen a big ass worm come out of me. Um, but I've definitely seen like my symptoms go away and I feel Mm -hmm. different, but I'm like, are people like digging through their poop to find this? Or is it just magically sitting on top? Like I have to know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd say it's a mix of both. Sometimes people will see it. Like, so a lot of times when you're passing parasites, like your stool is different. And so Mm -hmm. one, they'll either feel it like when you have a stringy thing coming out, like you're yeah. going to notice it's dangling, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is totally gross, but I've had some clients keep gloves beside their toilet uh-huh. because they know like they're releasing a lot and they'll actually like help the process and like kind of pull it out. Mm. Um, others will use a fork and kind of dig around in there to see because they're curious. And then sometimes they're literally just floating. So um, it just kind of depends on your on your willingness what's what's the craziest parasite you've seen oh tapeworms are crazy every single time I see one what did they look like so they're so big so normally they come out in like uh segments because pair or um tapeworms kind of hang out on the stomach the most so if you're dealing with actual like stomach issues it could be a tapeworm if you traveled out of the country especially um but because they come out in segments they're like these big chunks of like a worm and they like piece them together, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I'd say that one's definitely the weirdest one. So it actually looks like a worm. Yeah. Like that's like that big. Yeah. No, they're big. Like I, I have a section of one on my Instagram, so you can see that. (laughs) I've also had a client blow one out of their nose. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd probably not, yeah, wow. Um, but it is close to that brain region. So of mm. course they're going to hang out up there. What did that feel like? You know, I didn't ask her that, but <laughs> I have personally blown a noodle out of my nose before. So oh, you have pretty similar. Yeah. Like I was eating spaghetti one time and I laughed. So like went up in my nasal <laughs> passage and I had to blow it out. That was uncomfortable, but Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like that would not be comfortable. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh God. Well, so like, I'm curious, um, how does this all relate to like food sensitivities? Because Mm. I mean, do you believe in food sensitivity tests or like, how do you go about that? I don't like food sensitivity tests and let me explain why they can be helpful to show you what you're reacting to. Absolutely. But at the end of the day is your like goal to remove every single thing you're reacting to? No. Like who wants to live that restrictive life? And this is coming from someone who ate six foods at one point. Like that's all I could eat without reacting. So for me, the approach I take with clients is we have to heal your gut because of course, if your gut is leaky, those food particles are going to get into your bloodstream. Your immune system is going to react and you're going to have reactions 
reactions to that food every time you eat it and more. They're only going to grow. So my approach is let's heal the cause of why you're reacting in the first place. So that way you can actually like get all the different phytochemicals and nutrients from an abundance of foods because the science is there. Whether you're plant-based, whether you're omnivore, the more diversity you have in your diet, the better. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about carnivore? Um, I don't like it. I think it's kind (laughs) of insane, in fact. Um, I know a lot of people with autoimmune, they get a lot of relief from carnivore, but let's look at the long-term effects. Mm -hmm. There are no long-term studies of the um, beneficial effects of carnivore. In fact, a lot of times we see people have heart issues or heart disease because of, um, you know, they're not getting the protective, uh, powers of plants and plants Mm -hmm. are where the fiber is. If you want to live a long time, eat fiber. If you want to detoxify your body, eat fiber. So I don't believe in carnivore. Um, I know it can be helpful for a short period of time, but definitely not long-term. Yeah, I I mean, I think we all know here I'm open to all the diets and I see value <laughs> in all the diets and I like to try all of them. And I feel like, you know, when I was when I was doing carnivore, um it was maybe like six months in and I was hearing some people talk about like there were some newer studies coming out about like some of the like basically people were losing the ability to digest plants like permanently, Mm -hmm. like because of some of what was dying off. And I was like, Oh shit. Uh, and I definitely felt that like those effects, you know? So uh, yeah, I'm just, it's just interesting to me. Um, and I feel like a lot of these diets, they're just all band-aids, you know, Mm -hmm. they're they're just all band-aids and it's like, yeah, my symptoms went away. Well, yeah, because you took everything out. Um, (laughs) so I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious about that. And I want to talk about like when you could only eat like six foods, Mm -hmm. uh, like what was, what was going on? You know, like what Mm -hmm. were your foods? Where were you at? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I got into what doing what I'm doing now because I was chronically ill for a long time. And, um, I had a lot of genetic predispositions. I had Lyme, I had different things, but none of it was active until I went through a year of really intense trauma, um, physically, emotionally, and even like spiritually, if you will. And that trauma is what instigated like my body just to shut down and the Lyme activated, um, I had EBV, which is Epstein-Barr, um, Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease on your thyroid and it under your, your thyroid is underactive. Um, I was on the verge of Addison's disease because my adrenals were so shot. Every gut issue possible, severe bone toxicity. I mean, I could keep going. I was really sick. I was 85 pounds. I couldn't absorb any food that I was eating and I was reacting to everything. Mm. Um, so, you know, the six foods I could eat, let me see if I can remember. It was sweet potato, avocado, coconut, flaxseed, boiled chicken. And like, I can't remember the sixth one, but like I was eating hardly anything. Yeah. Um, you know, my naturopaths and FMDs at the time were recommending carnivore. You know, I did that for a while, but I just don't handle red meat or eggs. Um, or I didn't at that point. So, you know, that was not sustainable and I tried everything, but the problem was, as I also had a history of disordered eating. So, you know, that was just the straw on the camel's back, if you will. And there was just so much fear around food, um, for me. Not only, you know, from a body 
dysmorphia perspective, but also because I hurt. Like I was in so much pain that I didn't want to eat anything because I was going to feel like horrible. Um, so, you know, when I was bedridden, if you will, because I was so fatigued, I decided I was going to go to school because what else was I going to do? You know, like I might as well use that time to learn and to better my future. So that's what I did. And um, the more I learned, the more I realized why the approaches my doctors and naturopaths, um, nutritionists, like why their approach wasn't working. And it came back to those four steps I said earlier, like you have to focus on all four of those in order to actually heal the root cause. Yeah. I mean, our stories are so similar and I, I feel like the disordered eating health connection comes up for mm-hmm. so many people and is something that really uh, isn't talked about enough, you know, and I think it gets tricky with certain labels because it's like, okay, well, if every food you eat puts you in severe pain and it gives you severe symptoms, so then you don't want to eat it. Like, you know, where, where are we at? You know? Right. And it's, it's, and I know for me, I really, when I was sick, I really struggled with like people telling me I was being disordered. And I'm like, but when I eat this, I'm literally on the floor in pain, like can't get up for days. So like, where's the balance there, you know? And so how, how do you balance that with a client of like, if they are so limited on foods that, where they don't have a severe symptoms, uh, but you're also balancing, you know, like with their relationship with food, how do you approach that? So I think this is where the brain rewiring piece comes in and the energetic piece, you know, First, when I work with people, it is a very safe environment. Mm-hmm. I have been at the lowest of lows. And so I know what that feels like. And I know what I was helpful to hear. And I know what was not helpful to hear. You know, patting you on the back and giving you a cheerleading little spiel isn't always helpful. Like sometimes you just need someone to sit in your mess with you. And so when it, you know, disordered eating, chronic illness, that's traumatic, right? And so when I was going through the brain rewiring certification with you, we talked a lot about trauma and how to help people navigate through that. So I actually tune into trauma healing, um, the emotional energetic pieces as well. And, you know, of course it's totally different for every person, but help them navigate their, like their valley of death, if you will, in a way that is supportive, but I'm also not like covering it up with fake positivity. Mm-hmm. Like yes, mind or thought shifting is super important. You know, your thoughts are powerful. Your biology is your belief and your belief is your biology. So if you're going to believe that you're never going to heal or that food is dangerous, it's going to be, and you never will heal. So it, you know, there's a bit of a tough love there as well, but I will say I'm just very sensitive to the trauma around chronic illness and eating disorders and it's hard. It's just, it's hard. And there's no way getting around that. I think that something that, you know, people don't recognize always. I know this is very true for me was like when I was going through healing my physical body, you know, you get to the point where you're looking at all the trauma and all the things Mm -hmm. from my childhood and, and high school and college. and, And you're, you're peeling that back as part of the healing process. Right. But then for me, there was, you know, I went through that and then there's this whole piece missing where I'm like, well, I have to heal the trauma of being sick itself. And that mm-hmm. was something that came like a couple of years later of like looking back, like that was, 
that's a traumatizing experience like with your body and, and feel, you know, you're, I was living in beliefs that my body was attacking me and like everybody mm-hmm. was abandoning me. And it was, you know, it was my own body rejecting me. Uh, and just the way that, you know, the experiences you have when you're in that position. And I know you get like when, when you look that way, right. When you look so mm-hmm. sick and how people, it's like, that was a whole trauma within itself. And I feel like right. that's something that people don't always realize. Like for me, like I, I was such a dumb moment of like, Oh, well that was that itself was the trauma as well. Absolutely. And especially for those of us who do get really malnourished and we were chronically ill, like when I was 85 pounds, I can't tell you how many people just assumed that I was really anorexic and like would have these conversations with me of like, oh, well, you need to eat or eat some ice cream or all of these things or throwing like granola bars at me or different things. And it's like, that was so unsupportive and actually traumatic too, because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in that sick body. That I was. And no matter what I did, no matter how much I ate, it didn't matter. I was still sick. I wasn't absorbing any of that. Um, so I also think that's a call for people in general just to be mindful and kind. Like, you know, the outsider perspective is not always the truth. We've all gone through trauma, we've all gone through shit, right? But at the end of the day, we have to be mindful of other people's experiences. Um so yeah, that's just a call to kindness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, at that time felt like a zoo animal every time I went out. And I also, mm-hmm. I mean, I had food thrown at me. I had people order food for me and send it to my table. You know, it's like, I had people, I had people come up to me. Um, I, I had this one woman come up to me. I remember like I was just sitting at Starbucks and she was like, you know, I struggled with anorexia too. And I would love to take you to a meeting. And mm-hmm. I was just like, it, it was it was, it was actually very kind of her. And I was like, and that's not the issue, you know? Um, like there are so many layers to that and like how, how this affects our relationship with, with ourselves, like with our bodies, with food, with ourselves, Mm -hmm. with being nourished, with being supported, with, with spirituality, with the divine, you know, and like it pushes us to these bigger questions. And I'm curious, like when you look at your own health journey and like really hitting the brink, like, I mean, you, I I saw you like show up in so many ways, like, I mean, moving through like your business and other parts of your life, just like really going into it, you know, you've Mm -hmm. always been so just like ready and willing and like what, whatever you need to do, you know, whatever you need to look at, but like, for you in, in looking back on your healing journey, what do you feel like was the larger spiritual lesson for you in it? Mm, That it's all spiritual. Mm. Like at the end of the day, our physical bodies are just our meat suits. Like they're not us. They're a part of us, but they're not us. And, you know, I think this was part of the problem in the beginning when I was doing my on my healing journey is I was only focusing on the physical. I was only focusing on the diets, the supplements, the, you know, colonics, the salt, et cetera. And while all of those are supportive, if we don't dive into what are the true parasites, meaning what is actually sucking the life out of us, limiting beliefs, other people's opinions, you know, the energetic cords that are attaching us to past traumas, if we don't look into that, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, And the physical body may change. Yeah. Without looking at that, but are you actually well? And I think for me, that was the biggest part is when I really focused on, you know, brain rewiring, rewiring my beliefs around it and um, doing the energy healing, letting go of 
these lies and these fears that I had taught myself to believe or been taught to believe, that was when healing at like the deepest level happened. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like were the energetic parasites for you? Oh man, one, not feeling safe to feel, um, especially because that is my human design. So, you know, being told that feelings were not something to trust, that was a big one. Um, Another one was I have lived my life as a perfectionist in order to get the uh, approval of others, whether that was through school, whether that was through being the good girl, whether that was, you know, having the right answers all the time. I, had to let go of that being my persona. And when I did, and obviously like I'm still shedding some of those layers. I think, you know, healing is not linear. It's a lifelong process. Um, But when I released that, that was a huge one for me, as was the belief that I didn't walk through enough trauma. So I think for some people, when they've only experienced little T trauma, Um, you know, they almost don't validate it. Like they don't see it as something that needs to be dealt with when in fact, like, yeah, I've walked through big T and little T, but to me, it was a lot of the little T traumas that actually were uh, causing the bulk of these parasites for me, this, um, these things that were sucking the life out of me. So when I began to navigate and dive into those, that was when I really noticed like a freeing, like a release of cords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so important to point out. I see that all the time with people of like, and and I have that for myself, like all these Mm -hmm. little moments that were coming up and I would just dismiss them as like, well, let's get to the juicy part. But it's like, those are all the micro cuts, right. That then create the the big wound. Right. And then like, you can have a big T trauma, but it's like, because I was this person too. And I didn't have this pointed out to me, you know, and I mean, it's for a reason, right. Figuring it out. But I'm like, when we're doing the same thing again and again, like if you're getting the same recurring symptoms or like having the same, you know, parasites again and again, and, or like candy, whatever it is, see, but whatever, it's like, what's setting the stage for that? Like what's setting the stage up the terrain, you know, and everything comes back down to the, to the energetic Mm -hmm. level. Absolutely. And, you know, the emotions are directly associated with that too. Like the work of Louise Hayes has been Mm. huge in my practice, you know, like, yeah, my client may struggle with warts, for instance, and this is actually something I struggled with. I had warts all over me at one point, but warts are actually directly associated to self-hate and man, do I see that in my story. And so, you know, diving into that component, if you want to see the change in the physical for permanently. Yeah, you absolutely have to get into that. I think that the problem is with for a lot of people is they feel like, you know, they they hear things like that and they're like, well, what do I, how how do I even do that? It feels so insurmountable because we like to be like, oh, there's, you know, parasite is wrong. So I'm going to take these supplements. It feels very, here are the instructions. And you look at something like perfectionism and someone's like, how do I, how do I just, get out of that. And I have my own Mm. answer to that, but I'm curious, like what helped you start to release that perfectionism, for example? Mm. Brain rewiring was a huge one. Like I had to retrain my, my brain to, to believe that perfectionism wasn't the only way. And so for me, some little actionable steps I took is I started, I stopped doing things perfectly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like I'm just 
a very organized, very clean person. Like, you know, when it came to food, I thought I was perfect, all of these things. And so I just stopped, like I would leave a dish in the sink or I would like leave a little bit of toothpaste in my sink or something like that, you know, and those little things, they're actually training your brain. They're creating new neurons to fire. And that at the end of the day does create neuroplasticity. Um, so brain rewiring is a huge one for me, but also energy healing was yeah. a big one too. Well, I, I mean, I love to hear it. I, lo- I love to hear it, you know, uh, and I feel like, you know, I've gotten to see you shift so much uh, over the last few years. And it's like, you're such a, you're a completely different person. It's been really, mm-hmm. it's been really cool to, to see like that living example. And you're somebody that walks the talk, which not everybody, not everybody does, you know? And I think it uh, just allows for this other level of, of compassion. Um, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of people listening are gonna relate to this in, in a number of ways. And for me, like, you know, the physical body is so connected to our, our intuition, uh, and, and our openness there. And I mean, I've had clients who come to me for in, intuitive gifts specifically. Right. And it's like, if you are so bogged down with toxicity and your, your pineal gland is so calcified, like there's going to be a block. Or like I've had a clients where, you know, cause I'll just tune in energetically. It's different for everybody. Like, like why, why are things not as clear as they want? You know, what's the block? And it, it will be like all the medications they're on. And it's like, it's all connected. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all connected. And that's why, you know, I see it as one and the same of like all of the health stuff is very connected to your intuition. And that's something that I feel like people always notice through brain rewiring. I don't know if you can speak to this, but like you go through brain rewiring and a natural byproduct is like, you just manifest easily and your intuition opens up and you weren't even focusing on that, but it just happens. Absolutely. Like totally resonate with that from the physical stuff to like my business, uh, to money, to relationships. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who wants to learn more about iridology, parasites, learn from you, where can they find you? How do they connect? Yeah. So right now my primary place is Instagram at Rachel Vineyard Wellness. Um, If you see pictures of worms pop up, that's probably the right spot. Um, My website is currently being remodeled, so that's not the best place. But yeah, I do offer, you know, coaching. I offer some programs and all of them are designed to take you through the physical and upgrade your frequency. Cause like you were just saying, like when you're shedding these physical layers, these physical toxins, it's absolutely going to affect your energetic and emotional mm-hmm. body. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in working with me, DM me, reach out and I'd love to chat. Yeah. People, everybody head to Rachel's Instagram and stalk her, <laughs> her reels where she shows you what to look for in your eye. And then you go yeah. look at it and, uh, you know, like, this is the thing about behind the scenes. People might not realize like my friend, Emily, and I always talk about this, Emily, Emily green. Like we spend so much time like with cleansing, clearing out parasites, like all the physical stuff, because that's part of the job. You know, it's like mm-hmm. being like channels, like that's part of the job. And so this is all so connected. And I feel that, um, the more everybody is really opening up and we're like feeling that shift in the frequency of the planet. Everybody's intuition mm-hmm. is starting to turn online and people are becoming aware of like, Oh, I have this right. Cause everybody's psychic. Everybody's intuitive. Right. Um, 
And you can start to feel that, like, what is that block, you know? And, uh, the more you detoxify your physical vessel and really get yourself into physical alignment, everything else opens up as well. So it is all very connected. I mean, they talk about this in the, in my book, like clear your physical vessel because yes. you will manifest more easily when you do. Mm-hmm. It's real. Absolutely. I love that part of your book. Actually. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. That's but it. <laughs> my, yeah, my ICA, my ideal client, if you will, are like spiritual entrepreneurs or healers or coaches in and of themselves, because you know, like you just said, at the end of the day, if you want to be a clear vessel of healing for your clients, you have to be clear mm-hmm. and that includes your physical body. Yeah. And as just the same way that when you do the physical, like, or do the energetic work, right. When you like clear out those old emotions or, uh, parasitic energies, it helps the physical. It also works vice versa. Right. So yeah. it's like, for me, part of the energy clearing I do with all the people I'm connected to energetically, it, it's very physical, right? Like, so I'm doing detox, cons- detox support, like supporting my drain, supporting drainage consistently as a path of clearing out the other energy. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons, you know, I really wanted to have you on. And, and I feel like the iridology is something that I just don't really understand why it hasn't exploded yet. Cause it's so accurate and anybody could look at their eye you know so uh y'all will have to let us know what you notice in your eyes (laughs) and 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 tag us in your findings yes please do (laughs) oh man all right well rachel thank you again so much for coming on the show i adore you so much and just really appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom so thanks for being here thank you so much for having me i love you you're such a light in my life oh love you too Huge thank you to Rachel for coming on the podcast and sharing so much incredible information. Don't forget, you can find her on Instagram to connect with her further at Rachel Vineyard Wellness. And if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and tag me, tag at Christina, the channel pod and tag Rachel so that we can see that you're listening and repost you and say thank you for the support. It always really means the world when you share the episodes and it really helps other people find the show. So always grateful for that. And I cannot wait to hear what you all think. This episode blew my mind in so many ways. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That's going to be it for today's show. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next episode.